you like conversation on a variety of topics? Feel like no one wants to talk about the things that interest you? Tired of only hearing the same political, sports, or catastrophe talk? Yeah, we feel that way too. Join two high-functioning geeks as they discuss just about anything under the sun. We can't tell you what we'll be talking about each week because we don't know where our brains will take us. It will be an interesting conversation, though, so hang on and join us. Here comes the Relentless Geekery. All right, good morning. Let me get uh, video on and voice on and all that good stuff. I can hear you. Okay, good. Hey, nice snowy scene. We both uh, went with that theme, obviously. Here I am up in my mountain fasting. I thought of going outside in a parka and just getting in a snow drift. I've seen those uh, simultaneous news reports where the guy's getting blown away by a hurricane and is having to hold on to a pole and stuff. And I figure we can simulate that experience without having to actually. Well, I could get the fan and have Jason sprinkle soap flakes so they're flying past me, you know. That's right. Uh, Mashed potato flakes, soap flakes, all those things work. Exactly. Uh, Diaper material. There you go. Wait, what's that called? Floss, fleece, something, whatever that little, exactly, that, that has the good insulative absorbent value per weight. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah, Snowmageddon 2022. You, you look at these things. We had a rough 2020 and right. people are like, good, 2021 going to be better. And it wasn't. It got way worse in many ways, especially for us and Gina and her family. So right. we're like, great, 2022, let's start off with a blizzard. I don't, you know, that's not boating. I'll tell you, I, it, it was time. The fact that we didn't really have a white Christmas that we hadn't gotten buried. I remember being buried like as early as October where kids were out trick-or-treating and snow yeah. and stuff like that. And this was only a day. We've had things where it like she blew for multiple days. The big thing for this one for us was it was windy. And so you don't just get snow falling, you get drifting. And we've discovered we transformed our yard by um, tearing out the trees, putting in a new garage, and then having this long, slick driveway all the way along our fence going back so we've got some parts of the driveway that are bare and some parts that are like two foot drift instead of the four to eight inches that you we, we got so my snow joe that i just bought is rated for four to eight inches when i first saw that forecast it was like built for the snow joe well, i'm going to actually have to be maneuvering and digging into these drifts and hoping that doesn't and i haven't done it yet we took advantage of the fact that yesterday was a day off for Colleen and I, our house is well stocked. I didn't have to go out. So we just let it keep falling. And I, I haven't even built the snow Joe yet. It comes in a box and you have to build it. Okay. And luckily I was smart enough to get it out of the garage. So instead of having to deal with 31 degree metal <laughs> and building it that way, it's been in the house and warming up. And so we did take our tree down and which is it's the every year, the ritual of, Christmas is now finally done. It's usually like this, two or three weeks after the start of the year. It's not epiphany where people rush to get it done on the 6th or whatever other dates it might be. But it's just that weekend where, okay, the tree is now getting where it's not taking on any water anymore. So it's only going to get more brittle and drop more blades, more leaves, if you will. And we just, it's a nice thing to, we put out all the boxes for all of our ornaments and and have a table where all the ones that don't have a box go because we're going to wrap them in tissue paper so they don't get damaged. And Colleen and I just talk and we re just like decorating the tree we relive oh this is a cool ornament remember where we got it from we went to Bar Harbor we went to Caesar's Palace in Vegas or whatever else it might be and so instead of it being a chore it's actually cool 
Right. And we you vacuum up what you can with the needles and stuff like that. And that makes the whole house smell of pine scent, you know, which is a, a wonderful thing. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, our living room is actually pretty big without the usual <laughs> globe and chairs there or without the Christmas tree that displaced them for these last two months. And so we just bask in, let's just enjoy the space. In fact, hey, I need some space to build the snow, Joe. <laughs> Give me this room here <laughs> to build this. And I don't know, I, that's... It's nice to have that kind of easing into the new year. And of course, a lot of what we also talk about is it's a new year. I don't know that we're big resolution makers. We don't have big steely, I must lose weight. I must whatever, save more. It's we're already winning big time. We have more books and music and games and, and everything that we could ever play and read and do and have. But what else? What places do we want to travel to? Even in the time of COVID, how will we do it? And, and maybe that's trying to get, get away from that, which everybody, that's hardly the geek section of the program. One of the things that like, I don't want to watch more TV, but right. what I want to do is the TV that I want to watch, I want to be able to get to it easily, quickly. And for part of my packages that I already pay for, I hate paying additional when I'm already buying two right. infinities of movies and television shows. So friend Kevin mentioned that he has an app that actually does that thing of it tracks where everything is available. Every single station you could imagine, every package, probably 60 different packages and says for here it's pay per episode, for here it's free, but it only has seasons one through three and whatever the criteria might be. And I know that certain TVs now come with that, like Scott, another Scott friend, Scott has, I think, a Roku TV maybe and the Roku package. And it's funny because I have a Roku box, but I don't use it as my main TV watching thing because the Samsung has its own smart TV app built into it. And so having said that, it's wow, this is really cool that now I might be able to say if I want to watch or rewatch or just keep track of what things are coming out, I know that I'm getting it where I actually have paid for seasons of Archer because they really became unavailable anywhere that I could get to right. for free like I wanted them to be. Whereas they keep like they just made, remade available within the last couple months all the Harry Potter movies. So good. All I got to do is go on to HBO Max, I think it yeah. is, and there they are. So like I said, I don't want to watch more TV, but now I've got this new goal of which of those apps is best. And right now, look, it looks like it's either I think it's iWatch or TV Sofa, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And they're they don't they're not on your TV. They're on either your phone or your Mac or your iPad. And so I want to find out usually what do I have while I'm watching TV? If anything, it's my laptop. So I need a Mac OS instead of an iOS thing. And in my mind, what I'm thinking is I want a grid that I can do of all the different things instead of this little postage stamp phone screen that I'm, even if it's all in there, I, it doesn't give me the array, the, the whole panorama of what might be available and therefore make it more easily for me to choose more easy. For me, you know, so do you, do you use anything like that? Because you, you have also multiple right. providers i think right yeah we bounce a lot because like we'll be on amazon and that castle weight show was on from stephen king on epic so we signed up for epics and watched okay. those and then they had the pennyworth show we started watching that and then we hadn't watched it so we canceled epics because you can just go back and re-up it and yeah. I always worry that I'll forget to do that, that I'll forget to cancel. And all of a sudden I'll see another like $10 a month right. charge. Oh, I wasted money. And right. I, not really, maybe that'll prompt me to go, we'll go back and watch it. But I don't want to be, it's of funny, I, I trust my memory, but I don't want to be that I have so many things going on that it's a big tangle. Yes. You know and, what I mean? And that's, and I love that app. I'm going to have to look that app up because 
that's the thing I'm running into is I love movies. I love my TV shows. I love watching them, but I'm finding more and more that even the stuff I love, it's like, Hey, let's watch this show. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll sit down and watch them. Cause I'm like, I want to go. Yeah, you get saturated. Yeah. yeah I want to yeah. play some games. I, I want to go walk with the dogs outside. I, so I've hit this spot where it's almost less TV, but it, here's the funny thing where it's, Oh, you've got everything available. And in a sense you do my kids. Right. I've had more stuff they could get out of snap, but they also curate it. There's you can't get this show anymore. It was on here for a while. Why are you getting rid of it? Is there a reason or this really good show you loved in the nineties? Yeah, nobody offers it. So you really don't have at your yes. fingertips. It's really still a, a, a gatekeeper telling you what you're allowed to choose from. That is the irritating part. Exactly what you're saying. That we just we were watching. We love stand-up comedy, and so they often have packages put together of the stand-ups, the the comedy new comedy 2022, or like the degenerates, so the ones that are like so bad they can't even be booked into comic book comedy clubs because. So we were in the middle. I don't know six out of ten, and it went away. Um, and I don't know who the last four were, but there's something. I am so much a series person. That getting to that, I did six out of 10 and now uh, I can't fit it in amongst other things. And, and and same thing. Why? There's no way of, there's no insight into, was it ratings? Was it the contract expired? Was it that somebody's now famous and that's going to cost more? So they're reading, who knows? And yet it's just very irritating to me to like it enough to anticipate it, to look forward to it. And then, hey, and yeah. it's gone. <laughs> and, and I'm not condoning this, but in today's world, this is what drives people to say, what was that pirate site I can grab that on? Because it's yeah. not available. And and worse, I've had people say, how do we get these? Yeah, I'm sure there's ways, but I'm not getting into all that yeah. with you. I must admit, I've never done that. I really am much a champion for intellectual property. Yes. And, and I just don't go looking for free. Some people do it also because, hey, Doctor Who gets shown in England uh, a day earlier, and I want to see it before there's any spoilers. And so they go looking for... You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> but, but what, the one, the thing that is, I forget, there have been a couple shows, Tales of the Gold Monkey, which I loved back in the okay. day. Yeah, it, it ran for one season in 1980. It was inspired by Indiana Jones. It had the guy from Seventh Heaven, the father. He okay. flew a Cutter Goose plane. They had a one-eyed Jack Russell, and they had little adventures <laughs> in the jungle. What's his name? The guy that was the main chimpanzee on Planet of the Apes. Oh, Roddy Andy Serkis? No, Roddy McDowell. Oh, Roddy McDowell. Yes, yeah, exactly. He was in that. He ran a bar. Interesting. And, uh, for the longest time, that show was nowhere. I couldn't watch it on TV. I couldn't watch it on streaming. I couldn't even buy anything on Amazon because they didn't but have the this. set. I want to buy the set. Yeah. Exactly. They did. It wasn't even economic enough for them to say, we're going to publish it. In that case, if I wanted to watch a show that's 40 years ago and nobody offers it for sale, nobody stream. Hey, well, come on. Are you really going to clamp down on me and get mad at me if I went and get it? But that's people's thinking. Now, luckily right. for me, they did offer that. So I bought the this, you know, disc. So, Good for you when it finally becomes available. Yeah, I think was, we might have mentioned this before. Everybody's got their holy grail like that. Right. And, and I, I, Evil Roy Slade was a TV, made for TV movie. One of those like 730 to nine o'clock movie on a Wednesday night or something like that. And as a young kid, I just laughed my butt off. I thought it was hilarious. It was John Aston, you know, from, oh, from yeah. as Adams and so, so forth and, and many other things. He's so much a better actor. I saw him in a one man show doing Edgar Allan Poe. Oh my God, he was fantastic. I but bet. I digress. I look for that evil Roy Slade 
everywhere forever. And in Chicago, there used to be certain, it wasn't just going to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. There was a place called Facets Multimedia on the northwest side of Chicago that seemed to have everything. They had all the Chops Hockey movies before they were available, you know, all the Jackie Chance and all that kind of stuff. But somehow they never had this. Friend Kevin, who I just mentioned, is the one that turned me on to this interesting TV app, had a father that was a, a huge video collector. And back then, it, it really was... Um, not as easy to be a completist. You really had to seek these things out and you couldn't buy, if you weren't a video store, you couldn't necessarily buy everything. They really did seem to restrict content and stuff. And yet he had amassed a big released version collection as well as taped versions of various different things and was part of this interesting, from what I understand, network of there always have been tapers and then they find each other right. and so then they swap things back and forth. Australia, this guy has this, all these cool things and so forth. His father was able to get me a copy of Evil Roy Slade. And I, I just was beside myself. I was so happy after I had, had not seen this thing for like 30 years. And of course, in watching it, it was like, man, I had a different sense of humor when I was young, like a 14-year-old yes. idiot sense of humor, because there really were still some very funny parts. But I remember loving the entire thing. And a number of things were just like, okay, that's just silly. That's just sophomoric. That's just so I'm sometimes you don't want to meet your idols if you know what I'm trying to say. But I finally got this thing that I had. And of course, I had told everybody about it. So I don't think we had a watch party, but at least my girlfriend at the time was like, yeah, we're going to see this great movie. And then she was like, kept looking over at me like, you like this? Because <laughs> it wasn't quite Three Stooges, which would have been the full eyeball from the lady to the guy usually. But it was silly. It was silly. Yeah. So having mentioned the disappointment that we sometimes feel. What did I just discover? Turned up on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. Fringe. Fringe is available again. Nice. I loved this series. Yeah. It, it I, I like the first couple seasons. It, it I agree. It, it When it was still doing like uh, Supernatural and X-Files and stuff, where it was like a monster of the week, an interesting pseudoscience menace of the week. And then they got into multi-world and more spy and just that kind of an intrigue type series. And there were already those elements in it from the start. So I'm really enjoying, sometimes when you rewatch something you're like, oh, that's where they laid the ground for, yes, he's not who he seems and stuff like that. But I'm just so happy. I really have been looking forward to rewatching that. And it somehow hasn't been available for all this time. And yeah. again, I don't know why, but maybe they're just a big board where they say, got to give this one 20 years hang it there like a salami and let it ripen in the basement <laughs> and eventually it'll be good again and i like where things even it holds up very well science has advanced in 20 years and so where there's they did a lot of cool speculation and some things have come true and some things are still no that's way out there but especially for this one the pilot episode is fantastic yeah, they introduce yeah. all these great characters so olivia dunham by anna torv if i remember correctly is such a perfect the science investigator, foil, brave, the roguish partner, if you will, that she actually shanghais into doing work because he's a career criminal. And, and his father, man, oh, yeah. Walter Bishop, John Noble is Walter Bishop, is a character for the ages. How he didn't win whatever appropriate Emmys are for best dramatic, best fantasy series, et cetera, et cetera. He just plays so well. He's brilliant, but he's crazy. And he got mood control issues, but he's, and, and, but has much incredible tenderness and just, and not in a way that you don't know what he's going to do next. He's just crazy. No, you, it really is good yeah. character development and just good reveal of what was going on, man. So I'm, I have not quite been binging it, but I'm giving myself like two episodes a night because I really want to enjoy it 
And they're like, but they were an hour, but without commercials, they're 40. And so it's like, oh, we're really going to spend an hour and a half every single day. Yeah, I, I really have missed the show. It was a good show on its own, but it came at the perfect time because X-Files was winding down when right. that picked up. And it had that blend of a not quite the, the monsters, but it had that sci-fi-ish other worlds and other dimensions and stuff. So it, exactly. it fit that same, scratch the same itch. It did. It, it, that's a great way to put it. And that's obviously just that it. There's any number of shows that owe their inheritance to Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Yes. And, and uh, the guys who ran Supernatural even talk about that, that he was doing a Kolchak Scooby-Doo. I just read a thing about this, that it's obvious where the roots come from. And and this had the same kind of thing where it's like, there's going to be a big reveal at the end, but like X-Files, there was multiple conspiracies going on. And in fact, this one had a really good one where they make references to something and they don't satisfy that until the end of series one, but they keep making reference to William Bell who runs Massive Dynamic. And so he's like the mad scientist and stuff like that. Do you remember who he turns out to be? No. It's Leonard Nimoy. Oh. They brought him back to TV as this belly, William Bell. and, And that wonderful duel, that chemistry between former friends, still friends, but also rivals between Walter Bishop and William Bell. It was amazing. It was really right. good. And they really built it up. So when they first showed it, everybody in America, oh, you know, everybody they care about in the series, it must have been right. perfect casting. Anyway, it, but it, the, I, I never actually <laughs> finished the whole series because I got to the last couple seasons. I'm like, this just isn't holding my interest. I think they lost sight of what it started out as. Same thing happened to the X-Files in a way. They, they had a, a thing and then it went off the rails even a little more. I think Chris Carter, there are still some really good episodes, uh, right. even the later seasons, but it's not that overall, oh my God, I got to sit there every week. It's hard to maintain for Seven three, years. five seasons, much less 15, like Supernatural <laughs> did. You know, right. what's the new big bad, this thing? What more reveals are we going to do about angels, demons, death, the four horsemen? You know what I mean? They can't, they, who ran that show? It was for the Eric first- Kripke. Eric Kripke, but he, he was like the showrunner for the first five. And then he handed it off to other people while still being executive consultant or something like that. But they, as they went through those generations compared to, remember there was a show called Millennium? Oh yeah. That's, that's another one you can't find anywhere now. You can't find anywhere. And what's weird is absolutely. You could see from the writing teams, first season, really well done. Second season, totally lost their way. They must've gone begging back to the guys who did it. And third season was back on track. And it was like, am I really going to let myself be fooled? I, I had so good and so bad. And what's three third season going to be like? And it was like, oh man, they really did fix it. doesn't often happen. A lot of times the people that did it, they disband and go elsewhere. You should drop back firefly nowadays could you really do it still if you got the right showrunner was it joss whedon i think okay so kripke is involved with the boys so i think that's one of the reasons the boys is so good Um, i agree i've learned to watch and also um orky and kurtzman I, i hope i got that right they're some of the ones that have worked like right now on fringe and then other things that i've really liked and they really have and i honestly that it's the classic of it could be orchy i hope i I don't mean to disrespect you but i've never heard your name said out loud (laughs) and so i really like your work you guys but i don't they don't seem to be like at cons where i would have had a chance to hear their name said by the mc or something like that making good stuff (laughs) yeah really i hope so the reason they're not there is because they're too busy working on a studio in vancouver that's fantastic (laughs) We, we were just watching the boys last night did you watch that I've watched the first two seasons. And okay. I don't think there's, is there anything new yet, but it's, well, it's intense. Three is going to have Jason Eccles, but 
we were on to the point with the whale and Gina was like, oh my God, they really do some gruesome stuff in that show. <laughs> exactly. Riding that whale in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so. the, that's a great comic book series. That's where the show as good as it is. It has not been as good as the comic book series was the good. The comic book series was good for at least the first five years of it yeah. with just, I love people that are very aware of what's going on in comic books before them. There's already 60 years of history when this started up and yet they know how to just flout those conventions enough, just make it that if you really had that kind of power, you wouldn't necessarily be a boy scout <laughs> and right. things like that. Well, so, Garth Ennis is a genius. If it has his name on it, I'll read it. Yeah, same here. Sorry. Garth Ennis, Warren Ellis. There's certain people that uh, Jamie Delano who did uh, Hellblazer for a long time, Alan Moore. There's certain people that, I guess that's it. Like we're talking about with showrunners, anything that I see Eric Kripke's name on, it's like, all right, pull up the chair. I, whatever he's doing, I'm interested. I'm just curious because he's proven himself in terms of quality over time. You know what I mean? So, so so speaking of all these great TV shows, fringe and X files and cold shack and uh, the boys, everything else. My new favorite show right now is peacemaker. I, you know, it's kind of another, you, you, I, Kevin, I have, we, we're, when we start to be able to go to comic book movies again, there really was a bunch of us that every time that there was a premiere, we'd go there at Thursday night at midnight, maybe when we were younger and we could handle fucking up our Friday. But nowadays, usually they release them by seven o'clock. And so I will, of course, add you to the list. You'd be making the farthest run in. Like Kevin lives in Hudson and you know, we got a couple, they're all over the city, but we usually gather at right. maybe Valley View. For all the listeners, those are local theaters here in the Cleveland area. They won't mean nothing to you. But just to let you know that the draw of comic books is enough well, to have people come in from all the satellites from Ice Station Zebra and watch this movie together and then have dinner and talk about, oh man, it was good, it was bad, it was et cetera, et cetera. Valley so. View is probably my favorite theater in Northeast Ohio. It's huge, okay. it sounds good, lots of seats. You like know. Every theater is good instead of being, there's the four main ones and there's a whole bunch of little pocket theaters that just don't give you the same. Mm-hmm. I love that wrapped around you, the overwhelm experience, yeah. the big screen, the big sound. And, they, yeah. and many of them have that, exactly. So, 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 peacemaker. so said that. peacemaker, exactly. It DC finally did a Marvel series. Who knew? Yeah, superb. it has the irreverence, the sense of humor, the violence, the backstories that are really good, not just like cardboard cutouts. There really is that there's and, and the danger. You really don't know where this is going to go. There's really bad people involved here. The premise itself is Peacemaker coming out of Suicide Squad, for those who don't know, the Suicide Squad are. DC villains that were captured and they're in prison. And Amanda Waller, a government operative, comes to them and said, Hey, we'll knock a couple of years off your sentence, maybe and clear it entirely. If you do this death defying mission, you really could get waxed by going into this uh, dictatorship and trying to right. stop them from producing this weapon or whatever else it might be. So there's real like life and death on the line. And as you know, the Suicide Squad movies, blam, blam, people are dying all over the place. It's like the misfit squad always. Exactly. And yeah, there are, how do you become a villain? Not by being the most like socially generous person. So there's all kinds of people and not even like loners. They're sociopaths. They really don't have a feel for, does anybody matter? But me, I live in my own little solipsistic universe. So it's, Peacemaker really plays into that, and especially Cena as this oh, character. They found God. a great vehicle for, he really has a great self-deprecating sense of humor. And he really is built like a superhero. They, he's got a flexible mind. He's going through some terrible stuff. All right, what next? <laughs> you know, I mean, he doesn't crack. He's just like, it, it oh, shows a little of his and the personal thing side. Is... <laughs> just, exactly. You know, a little more personable in this. And, and exactly. I even made the comment, I said, the wrestlers from the 80s that got into movies and stuff, they had to keep that same persona 
Cardona, the same tough macho man wrestler. But now the 2000s, The Rock and John Cena just totally blow that whole persona away. That's a great way to put it. Cena, he cracks me up and he's not ashamed (laughs) to do anything. And he he gets so gets into everything. I I love, much like stand-up comedy, when they're coming up to a line and they just step right over it and take you with them. You know what I mean? Okay, he's going to have a mascot. Eagle. How about calling him Eagly? Eagly, yeah. And and the fact that they see each other after a a long time apart and the Eagle's going to give him a hug because, uh, you know, just like it's so corny and ridiculous but it's i'll go with it that's hilarious (laughs) when we talk when people talk comedy like movies and stuff your standard quote-unquote straight comedy movie most of those don't get me going i'm like "Eh, i don't laugh and stuff this type of thing i'll laugh my ass off and watch it again and laugh again (laughs) and when it started the very first episode didn't really know oh peacemaker great let's watch it. it it started off good and then they did the opening title credit. And I'm like, right, I am the dance. sold. On, it, it's hair metal music that they're doing a like, weird cumbersome dance to. And they're all doing it straight. And not just the heroes, but all the supporting characters. The old guy that's the neighbor across Robert, the head. Oh, like, yeah. And I, I agree. I mean, that uh, the fact that they're having so much fun with it, that they, they would do that. I don't know. What, what else is known for dance sequences? Like cheerleader movies or bollywood movies where they that whole big plot of what it's and almost seems to end in 100 people dancing and that's just such an interesting cultural tradition and it hasn't caught on here so this isn't that it's not the whole neighborhood in the streets like in fame remember right. those called fame but the fact that every one of them some are really good graceful dancers and so forth and others a little bit more wooden but they're all in it's yes. it's cool that they're all just willing. Yes, I'll teach me the steps and I will do this. <laughs> if and, it takes and takes because I don't have good body memory, my kinesthetics are not good. I will still persevere and give you this well, take. <laughs> when you think about it, though, Cena is probably really good at that because he had to do the same thing with wrestling for the That's whole right. match. You know, he's got so, good body control, good yeah. sense of his body in space, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The fact that he's like you can be bulky and still agile and so i think he has some of that when he does like high leg kicks it's not he's over bulked and now he can't no he's actually seems to be pretty spry on his feet that's kind of cool so in in this last episode the the fight who is that the little short guy judo master um, that fight with him in the woods that was a great fight because they were doing moves i hadn't seen before that weren't conventional fight moves (laughs) exactly that's a great way to put it you know Maybe that's it. After you've seen any number of these kinds of movies, martial arts movies or superhero movies or something like that, there's already traditions. So the way a superhero lands falling out of the sky is always one hand down, legs. There's that, that it's called that a superhero stance or whatever yeah. like that. But then when you see something done new, there must be some people that say, no matter what we do, I just don't want to do what everybody's saying. Let's come up with something new. Get a better choreography, a different fight choreographer, and do something new. So that's cool. When you go from the scene of John Cena and that a girl having sex and then they're in their underwear fighting and it was just and it's so funny because they're playing hair metal music and exactly is all over and it's just silly it's it's (laughs) it could almost be a three stooges fight if it wasn't so violent that's a great way to put it also the fact that it is so much 80s 90s hair metal i knew that would like you would love it. And when I when oh, they're God. going through the record collection and picking out Cinderella as the one out of all that that they want to hear, it's like, oh, but and yet it works. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like we supernatural, 
Kripke had really that classic rock taste. And so that's why Kansas was often on there. That's why Led Zeppelin that, and even like right. episodes were named when, like when the levee breaks and stuff yes. like that. It's cool having, we have enough culture in us that we can identify when somebody else is also loving of that culture, immersed in it, and they want to include it. That's the soundtrack of their lives. And people have said, this is a great driving song. This would be a great song to be in a fight to. What do I listen to before I get up for the intramural football game? Used to be Love to Love by UFO with that searing guitar solo at the end. And you know what I mean? When someone else has that same sensibility, it's now I'm not alone. How cool is that? That he remembers how perfectly paced yeah, this song is. Yeah. That gun has a hugely massive LP collection that he has yeah. thousands and thousands of LPs. He has a whole room in his house. Just oh, yeah. And you look at the uh, awesome mix from uh, Guardians. That's exactly what I was going to make. I mean, the fact that he did Guardians of the Galaxy. And like I said, that's, this is, I I even commented on this online. I think that it's the DC version of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's characters, heroes, villains that you might not have heard much about, but the chemistry between them and the, just the way that they're developing all this together You can just, we talked about how I trust certain people's way of doing things. And after all, you can identify their style. Like you can tell a Hitchcock movie within 15 minutes of watching a Hitchcock movie, (laughs) if you will, a David Mamet movie. I just watched Heist recently. And just from his diet, after the first time that something is said with a certain emphasis or a certain repetition, it's supposed to be David Mamet. I didn't even know going in. So having said, that's what Jamie Gunn is now coming to me is like this combination of I don't know, the kinds of villains and the ultraviolence and the, the humor, the release that you get after the fight and that kind of stuff. He's got very good pacing and yeah. that kind of music. Like you said, I could believe that he, he really would be every single scene of his show going, the right song for this is this and the right for this. And that and yeah, he hold the 70s for the first Guardians and the 80s. And this is all like hair metal. It, that's basic style. Exactly. So, you know, it's- I hope that there's nobody. It used to be that people, some people were persnickety about getting their stuff allowed, especially in commercials. But hopefully nowadays, and it used to be a matter of ASCAP BMI rights or whatever it was that you, how you did licensing for those particular, not a public performance, but use in something that actually is going to get canned and then seen by millions of people. It seems that a lot of people now are getting, why not? Instead of well, being very, very defensive for a long time, like Led Zeppelin didn't let their stuff still- released until I, I saw a Cadillac commercial, if I remember right. Somebody finally wanted a bigger manor house. And right. they said, you'll pay me. You'll throw a dump truck of money at my house. <laughs> yes, Here's how it. things are different. And I, I have a comment to tie some of this all together in a moment about okay. gun. Somebody said, back in the 80s, you remember, everybody was so strict and tight. You couldn't use it without paying for it. And if you oh, put yeah. a blip, somebody'd sue you. And, and yeah. you're that's my copyrighted music. It's nine seconds of a six and a half minute song really they had to have rules that said exactly how much was allowed was not to be a violation and i think what has happened in this new world and we were just chatting about this yesterday how the internet changed things this is one of the things that's in a way good that people were ripping this off and you remember youtube early people would have background music or little video clips and they were getting shut down and sued and suddenly Nintendo was big for that. Oh, you can't use our game. What happened was some people said, yeah, go ahead and use my music. Go ahead, use my game video, blah, blah, blah. And what they found was people weren't going online to listen to it or watch this. And that was all they were doing. They then got interested and went and bought it. And so went and all, bought it. Yeah. So it was the loss leader or the, the branding, all this advertising opportunity. And, and I don't yeah. know, companies did that for a long time. Who James Bond movies started to be 
he didn't just use certain things. It's because Austin Martin paid, paid to be the uh, car the that was going to be driven and the watch yeah. and like that. And there's pieces that are famous for that. And they paid technology, especially now with TikTok, what they're finding, all these, I don't know how much TikTok Gina shows me a ton, but they get songs. And people do a dance to it. And then it's like wildfire and everybody does that same dance, but their version of it. So there's a million people playing that song to dance to it. And what they found was suddenly that song jumps in the charts and everyone's buying tickets to the concert. And they're like, wow. So people are embracing it now. It's a totally different mindset. uh, I agree. Back in the days of sampling, when it was, oh, you shouldn't have stole that Neil Young lick. Can't you write your own? That is but, Huey Lewis at behind Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> See, the fact, and also us being encyclopedic enough in how much we've listened, you really would be like, well, it's not theirs. But I guess I, there are certain groups that they sampled interestingly and made a new work, a, a group called The Orb that used to have all kinds of snippets that sure sounded like somebody else's stuff, but it wasn't the full song and then just a different vocal over it. You know what I mean? It was that they played with it and they made a new work out of that instead of being a single note that certain passage is a certain thing it evokes a certain um, emotional reaction or it takes your mind to a certain visual or something like that and by putting those things together they knew enough to be able to say we're going to take people on a little journey here with this melange of memories this big montage of things and and i liked that when i saw that it wasn't just a direct ripoff but they put enough work into making it a new thing so I hats off to the samplers that weren't just, I don't know, boy, you, you stole that riff. You know what I mean? How many, because there's court cases, as you know, about my sweet Lord versus where George Harrison was convicted. And I don't know, to this day, it seems, wow, that's hard to say about a Beatle. They must have absorbed every single blues and folk and every influence up till then. And if they use something similar, but the song to me doesn't sound in the song, it doesn't sound like it's a ripoff, but when you take things out of the mix, and it might have the same spine. And then was that early sampling? Was that early homage? No, they actually, so right. I, there's been enough, I don't know, court cases about that. And nowadays there'd be so many court cases that they have had to let that window slide for how much is fair use is not the right term for this, but it's like that. How much is it? I love you that I'm going to use your riff as compared to I'm going to steal from you. Right, right. <laughs> so so anyway. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, gun and the music and I, we were watching peacemaker, which if anyone listening hasn't figured it out, go watch it. It's a good show. It's really good. Got to be prepared for a certain amount of violence, a certain amount of vulgarity. It's yeah. not for kids, if it's you not will. For kids. And yet it sure isn't. It's not torture porn. It's not the no. worst crap that's out there. It's a it's good silly. hero show. That's maybe more realistic in if, <laughs> if the, if peacemaker is like, a guy with a lot of guns and has worked as an assassin and overthrown governments, you know that he's not always a nice guy. <laughs> and the people, the government association that he's working for, they're the dark arm of the government. They're the, <laughs> so anyway. It's... So I, as I say, when I see James Gunn now, I'm yeah. like, okay, I know what to expect. I know I'm going to trust it. And I, uh, you know, compared that to Joss Whedon, which we just mentioned that yes. when I see Joss Whedon, I know what I'm going to get. And they're both geniuses and masters and they make great movies and great shows, but they have such a completely different style. You get something completely different from both. But if exactly. Whedon had done pay- Peacemaker, it probably would have been wonderful, but totally different. But different. Exactly. You know, and by, and, by the way, Fringe, I think, is J.J. Abrams is the main yes, show. show. But Abrams, it was his show. And he did as a bunch of other things as well. Whedon might be known for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Whedon did, bear with me, Buffy, Firefly. Darn it. J- Alias, the one with Jennifer Garner. Right. I think yes. that was Abrams. So 
there are certain people that just have i really liked what they did enough was that abrams yeah Boy, I, I, I think so I, but didn't he do er one of those ah, he, he might have done a more conventional show first yeah. it might be also let's see there was one called like dollhouse yes remember that and that was also that was a real mind blower in terms of playing with identity and i like westworld is like the inheritor of dollhouse you know what i mean where there really are artificial beings and when do they cross over to become a real sentient human you know what i mean when are they not only their programming but actually their own experiences and thoughts and so forth and how is society going to deal with that part of the horrible fantasy of westworld was People go in there and saying, hey, I can do all these things that I can't do in society without being a criminal act. And so they they screw and they kill and they they're they're that some people they want to go to paradise and experience paradise, and some people they want to go to paradise to, to shoot it up. And it really showed some horrible aspects of human nature in that show. So anyway, I, yeah. the fact that people are embedding in these shows that it's not just, hey, a new adventure every week. There's huge main themes about the path of technology and who are we really you know what i mean what brain pattern of us is enough if you cloned me and i then diverged in my life what is alan too is that still me you know what i mean right, right. <laughs> so so you know obviously firefly is now so old it'd probably be difficult to even read do it with the same one i did hear they're working on a reboot and i'm like man that's going to be a rough sell so here's my comment on that but before that I also heard there's a Quantum Leap reboot coming about, uh, oh, which has me excited. Lost Stockwell. That's like yeah. poor timing. Maybe it's because of that. I, it was actually before he died. I heard about it. Okay. Uh, sorry. So, okay. But I'm sorry. There cannot be any Quantum Leap reboot at all unless it's Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk. Tell me anybody, <laughs> any duo you can think of that would be better for those parts than those two. They have good chemistry. They would be good for those two parts. Yeah. You're right. That would be a good thing. I hope that Hollywood is saying the same thing or yeah. whatever, you know, the studio land is saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But if we can't get a new Firefly live action, why don't we get a Firefly animated like Clone Wars or something for Star Wars? Because they could get all the actors for their voices. They don't have to have the likeness. And That's they right. could do this set between the show and the movie. So you don't have two people dead and yeah. it's voiceovers. They can do it in their house, in their time between other projects. Exactly. I mean, it's a solution. In the era of COVID. In fact, I, I know I've heard when they interview people, they say, so why did you get so much into voice work like that? Because instead of a nine month studio shoot or far away from home, I could do three weekends worth of work and be, do great work, but be done. Yeah. It's all the equation that you just talked about where I can do it and how much time it takes. And, and yeah, if you've developed enough of a career to have a distinctive voice and if anything, it's also interesting is Mark Hamill has not only played Luke Skywalker, he played the Joker. He played, he's had various other characters. And so it's, that's a cool thing to be able to extend your career, expand your career by yeah. doing animation. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> that would be my idea. There we go. So. Right, let's see. Uh, What's what else? I'm trying to think of what Khalid and I watched a thing on David Foster, who's a, oh. a very well known producer and a genius. He really knows yeah. how to get the best work out of various different people, like Josh Groban. He discovered and Celine Dion. He discovered and 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 if discovered is not the right word, he took their career to a different level. Maybe Groban he really did discover because that was like his first public performance and it knocked it out of the park by duetting with Celine Dion. But it was also with like. They worked with Chicago and Chicago app between 
Chicago 5 and 15 had gotten increasingly less sales each time. They were still, to me, a wonderful group, but they weren't the magic that they were way back at Chicago, let's say one through eight. Right. And then he, all of a sudden, a career revival, not only for Chicago, but for Peter Cetera. And it was very much because of David Foster. So it's really cool to see that, that little interesting trajectory that certain people in the music business have, that they're not the star. And yet, boy, have they had influence on right. The, the, the main hits for 30 years, 40 years. Know so, what they do well, and they don't try to be something else, and they've discovered it. That's exactly. so important. And he really is a great keyboard player. So nowadays yeah, he does exactly. perform live. He discovered that he really likes doing that more than only being in the studio. He compared it to being like, I live my life in a suburb. Most of the time I've been here, there's no windows. There's the same mixing board. Maybe it's 64 tracks instead of 32. But he's like, nowadays to see the faces of people listening to the music we've created and how much they're loving it that's what he really enjoys nice. and anyway and he also talked a little bit about the egot that the emmy grammy oscar tony right these only got two out of the four and you can't be a big producer and work with big ego people without having a big ego yourself and so he's talking about i'm going to need that egot i really I need to, <laughs> now i'm going to work it on he's working on three broadway musicals like simultaneously so wow. that one of them will pay off if you will and get him that tony and then maybe the next thing after that is movie soundtracks. And then he'll have his EGOT. But at least he's 68, I think. And he still has goals, which is pretty cool. <laughs> which, which is great because one of the, the, the talk I'm working on, if you, anyone could ever do talks anymore, is really talking to parents about their kids and getting them ready for the future of the world. And it's not about how much money can I make and what's the biggest, it's finding that thing that you're passionate about and that you enjoy doing and focus on. That's how you'll be successful, more right. successful in life than otherwise. Uh, and especially finding the thing that you do that nobody else does as well, that is very distinctive to you. That, I don't know, long ago, I got advice along those lines. One of the reasons I became a big coder and developer was because like, Find the thing that you're really good at that other people can't do as well. And then um, farm out everything else. You know what I mean? Don't waste your time, like vacuuming your carpets. And I don't know that I've always been good about that. There's some part of my good raising by my parents that I really don't like having people do for things for me that right. I can do for myself. But there were times when I put everything else aside while I worked on Gambit. And I paid off all my utility bills a year in advance. So I'd have no distractions. And my going home was to take the dog out and bond with him. But otherwise, I really, anyway, I think that there's something to be said for that. It's not easy for people to find out what that is, to be, what can I be confident in? What is really, my voice is my thing. And although I, I'm, nobody can play ukulele like me, you know, that kind and, of thing. And that's funny you say that because <laughs> that's the other thing I try to get across to parents is when your kids are younger, that's the time to try this, do this, do that, but hover and you have to be the best. You have to be this or play sports because then you'll pay for our life retirement on Hawaii. Yes. Okay. The percentage of people that are professional sports making millions of dollars is so small that you're probably right. not going to do it, but I can write, I can play music. I can code. I can do all three of those things and make a good living, enjoy all three of those things. Exactly. And I'm not answering to anyone else. If I don't want to play out at that club, or if I don't want to code that pro, I don't have to. Yeah, it's, I, this is fun. This is uncharacteristic of me, but I'll say it. I've often, Colleen and I talk about maybe a little complainingly, often being like the most responsible person in any number of situations we find ourselves in, that 
that we really do care about doing a good job and having our reputation maintained. And, and just if you say yes, then do yes, don't do no. Keep your word. Well, the world is um, sometimes really good at finding those people and abusing them. Yeah. And so I've been, she has been in any number of situations where once people know that you're a responsible one, funny, you're the one that does all the work on the project that the team is supposed to be doing. Funny how just the, the lazy or the users or the whatever else it might be. And so Colleen and I recently both got through COVID, you know, I, I, as you might know, and we didn't have a terrible time of it. Thank Odin, praise all the gods. She had a bad cough for a week. I had congestion for a week, but it never got like deep lung involvement or any of that terrible stuff. But having said that, we avoided COVID really diligently for two years now, and it finally snagged us. But now that we've had it, I so much don't want to give it to anybody else. I really can't stand that image. I can't stand that being the, the dirty guy, the, the carrier. <laughs> but it's also all those things that I used to do. Yes, out of politeness. Yes, sure, I'll be happy to. It's now given us almost an automatic excuse to say, I'd love to, but I got COVID. <laughs> what a terrible thing that... I don't mean to turn this terrible thing into an opportunity because it's not like I'm looking to abandon all my friends and all my responsibilities. And yet it's okay. It's okay to just, and after a while, the real strength, the real breakthrough would be to just be able to say no and not even mention COVID. Just nope, not for me. Nope. Thanks. And I'm already doing that to a certain extent. My things I used to contribute a lot of time or, or love to that in some cases, I just have my interests have changed or that organization or person has changed that it's not as good a joy for me anymore. It's not as good a deal. It's not, it doesn't throw me in the way that it used to. In some cases, things have changed drastically where it's, man, I, now that I know, I just can't contribute to you. I just, you're not worth it. What a terrible way to put it. And yet sometimes you don't know until you're working deeply with certain situations, people, organizations that they aren't what you wished they were. So just that, it's what you said about doing all those things and being your own boss. Nobody can tell you what to do. You make your own schedule. You make all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm coming into that for retirement in better shape than I ever have been. And it's not going to be, well, now that I'm retired, what things should I do besides working for others? What new cause should I adopt? It'd be okay if your and my contribution via Relentless Geekery was a good way to keep benefiting the world. We talk about all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> the world would be much better if they watched our shows and read our books and, and you know what I mean? Jump off of the bandwagon. <laughs> and so what if everybody has a podcast? Nobody else does our podcast. No. We do a great thing. We are so full of cool information and good humor and enthusiasm. I, I listened to our episode this this is great yeah and, and <laughs> he said totally that, uh, biased but <laughs> you know the people that listen like you said if they're not the geek nerd they're like eh, and they go away that's fine but right. if they are we keep getting positive feedback and just in case a hello to danny i turn he's my cousin's daughter's not boyfriend. Sorry, Danny. But he, he and I were talking Raspberry Pi and he's working on a project with the Raspberry Pi, which and a mirror hanging up in his house that displays the weather and news updates and stuff from the Raspberry Pi. He's been working on that project. Yeah. So you know, just I love that being able to dabble, but in a skilled way so that we're going to create new puzzles. We're going to create better Christmas light displays. We're going to create new wildlife photo capture. Yes. Do you know what I mean? All these things that we can be good at, it might be that there's not a big payoff, in some, but but it can be. It can be that this thing is, well, the whole world says, I've always wanted that, and I just didn't know it until I saw it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 
I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm going to totally shift gears a second. Let's run with it. Before we forget, that's the challenge. Come by Thanksgiving, we've got to each come up with a light display that we've programmed and we're going to compete. We're going to see what we come up with and something. I will be, I really will. I'll invest. I'll find the right light sets. I'm I'm really enamored of the hundred by hundred, 10,000 light webs that you can string on things. And every one of those is programmable. And honestly, having said this, I have no idea how much those things cost, but they can't be skillions. They have to be. And maybe I'm thinking 10 by 10 to be a hundred and then serially hook together a whole bunch of hundreds. I will find the way that the guy at the maker fair said, I did this and the wife might have been a little bit weirded out if she knew how much I spent, but now it's a forever thing. Now we get the best lights display in the neighborhood forever. And I've got some cool ideas program wise because you can totally control it. They're not the standard where you start thinking about it and you come up with some good ideas. So yeah, we got to do that. And I, I if I didn't mention it, we'd get to July and be like, oh, crap, you know? <laughs> That's true. I, really, it is indeed that to start to investigate now, like I mentioned when we talked about last week about development environments and multi-platform and stuff like that, I'm enamored of that idea, but I also don't mind being like, if I really am most comfortable in Apple and I'm going to use Swift, then, and, and same with if Raspberry Pi, the best development environment is some variant of Unix, Linux then that's the way to go. I don't have a problem. I, I know right. 15 different computer languages. It's yeah. not like adding a 16th is going to put my nose out of joint or four different OSs. I can learn a fifth because there's similarities. There's things you bring to the table that already, there's got to be a way to do this. I just Arduinos. don't know what the thing is for making an array and be able to address each element in an array. You know what I mean? Yeah, there yeah. have to be those facilities. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of Apple, I don't care what you use. I use PC because I went from an Amiga to a 486. And I've used it ever since. I got my MCSE, so I'm certified with Windows, Microsoft, and no, yeah. I've used several jobs I've had. That's what they used, so that's what I had to use. No right. other choice. I've been doing it for 30 years. So I'm not going to. I'm going to switch everything now because nowadays we both can program Python. We both can program the web. We, it doesn't matter. Use yeah. what you're comfortable with and go with it. You're fine. Exactly. But I do remember. Not us, but there are people that have holy wars. Oh my God, you're not using a Mac? Macs are just the the everything in the world. You shouldn't use it. Okay, it's not true on either side. (laughs) It's not true for Linux either. So that said, now I've got my Mac. I'm experiencing some of it. Apple tech support could be better. (laughs) Interesting. I haven't called them in a long time because I don't need to, but you have a different experience than me. like delays or well okay so what are you finding out okay i told you i'm working on some games and what i wanted to do was uh push it into the mac so it could turn it into a dmg file and then i was going to send it to you just to check test it out make sure everything looks good because i eventually i want to do stuff and push it up to the store publishing books and games so the first thing you got to do to publish to the store is set up all your developer account, your security, add some certificates to the keychain so they can right. you know, check it. Because Apple account. vouches for everything in the store to make Absolutely. sure that it isn't virus carrying or any kind of malware that it is. They check for quality. They don't yep. want it. A Wild West, they want yep. it to be curated. Okay. Which is great. They really should. And I have no problem with any of that. So I followed the steps. It's multiple steps. It, it, if you want to do a developer for the iOS store, it is not for someone just starting out that's not done development. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Went through the steps and you have to <laughs> use this keychain access and you have to put in the CSR. It's just like setting up SSL on a website almost. 
Uh, that's a great, a great analogy. Exactly. It's all, same steps, just about. And you get okay. a file back and you have to import that into your keychain. Okay. So I have my developer account. I did all that. I import it. And it gives me an error because it's looking at keychain file from it's a different developer ID, which is, I think, a developer ID I set up years ago that I've never used. And I don't oh, even wow. know how to get to it. And it's not using this email address. So That's I don't know crazy. how it found it and used it. But because my new developer account's a different ID, it won't import it. And I contacted support. I explained the whole problem and my suspicions. And yeah. they sent me back. We're not developers. Here's a link on how to set that up. Did you read my damn message? Yeah, I said, I already unhelpful. tried this. Yeah. So I right. sent it back. I said, well, obviously you didn't read what I said. And I re reiterated in a little more detail with a little bit more anger behind it and okay. said, this is the error. This is my new ID. You notice they don't match. <laughs> That's my right. problem. Okay. And so the second person that got back with me didn't really help a whole lot more. But oh, after boy. a couple more go backs and forth, they said, the first thing they said, you should reboot. Oh, my freaking God, are you kidding me? <laughs> and you turn the machine off and back on again. Yeah. My God. It's probably caught in cash. Clear your cash. I'm like, look, <laughs> this is a brand new Mac. It's used, but it's a brand new setup. Right. I literally don't have a cash because this is the first activity I have done on the Mac. Do you, what do you want from me? I have not yeah. used it seven years ago. So wow. it, okay. it's a little frustrating. <laughs> okay. to say the least it's, it's funny your first issue is one of those under the hood type things though this isn't like, hey I, I, my the font is different than what i used and so can, it didn't know how to go to the instead it really is you're at the the base of how do you get permissions how do you make it so that you verify your app right. and like you're saying but enough you have enough history really i think your diagnosis is really accurate that there's metadata associated with all kinds of things that we don't get to see until right. it bites us. And then you find out that the email address that you used for your previous presence is the one that's associated with. So there, if they're not giving you satisfaction, I know that Apple has a really good knowledge base that you can go and do a search and try to find a very specific good answer from a deep tech person. And in fact, I might even do that just because I'm curious now. If I switched from, I think, to, I have multiple Mac IDs. I have Mac and I have iCloud. You know what I mean? I have yeah. various different things over the course of that. If that's different, is it? does it embed the character string or does it embed some kind of user ID that is unique across my email addresses that it would still be able to say to Apple as a developer, it's this same person, no matter that you've got multiple email addresses associated with it right. and therefore would their certificate be valid? Because right. certificates is also, it's, it, I, does Apple put out those certificates itself or do they go to a cert certification? They, they goes on the net. Okay. Uh, I, I oh. mean, the steps have you request it from Apple as the. Uh, so then they are their own authority. Exactly. Because yeah. that can be its own weirdness too, is that I'm pretty sure that you can't be an authority without meeting all the criteria of being an authority that will work across what, what they, the, the equivalent of SSL, that they use right. the keychain. That's Apple's equivalent of the deep permission. And sometimes the keychain, it doesn't break, but you do have to do, I take it back. The keychain itself is only a, a file and it can get corrupted. And so they actually got a specific utility that cleans it up. And I've had occasion where I had to recertify. I didn't have to get a new certificate, but I had to recertify a series of things because the fixing of the keychain had changed a date 
or something like that. And then it isn't only does the ID not match, but it's actually the date and the authority that you got it from and other criteria that are used to judge that. So I know we're really geeking it up here and I'm not trying to like make you shy away, no, but no, there, no. Is, there are solutions to it. Apple will not, I hope, as, as a, she has you as a developer, not a user, but you as a developer, they, they want you out there. They want you yeah. putting things into their store. Well, they want you to be able to say, I developed this for Mac. It's it's really good. <laughs> you you know, know? It's, like, it's like we say, I, I've got a software engineer mind. So oh, right. something's broke, something's not working. Let me find a solution and fix it. Now, uh, as an aside, sometimes yeah. in relationships, that doesn't work so well because Gina's, God damn it. I don't want a solution. I just want you to say, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I'm like, oh, I, I'm, okay. <laughs> my I often just... consult with Colleen now. Do, do you want advice uh, I or do you want, uh, I will be happy advice. to listen. And, yes. and sometimes she, she really, she's very good at like, no, I was just venting. And sometimes she's, I'd love to hear what you have to say. So see, right. she's good about, she doesn't take it as my being patronizing or Mike, you know, or not fumbly about it, but I know just that. And it, it's not only a software engineer, there's all kinds of books written about Mars and Venus and yeah, guys yeah, are like, yeah. what a problem? Let me jump on that problem with an yeah. ax. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have no problem going in, doing some research. I, I like to fix it. It just seems like every tech wise is making me pull my hair out. I, I was trying to set up Cordova and I, I just stopped. I'm like, this is, I'm done yeah. with this. I may go back to it, but I, I was getting some of the different errors setting it up on Windows as opposed to on Linux. And I'm just like, if I'm getting these errors everywhere. Everywhere go, you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, screw that. Oh boy. And the 3D printer, I still haven't got a good print. I, oh, I was going to show you my first print. It's literally a mess of little spiderweb garbage. Okay. And again, it's a problem. So I'm like, huh, I need to figure that out. But it's just, it got a little frustrating because there's yeah. the, the company doesn't have a lot of good help. Apple's different. They have good help I can get okay. to. Well, I mean, they, they have, have a really a good, good knowledge base, but also a good um, forum that people are on. Got so, it. Okay. so the 3D printer, I think what the problem is, and, and this I haven't figured out, your bed has to be hot enough to keep the adhesion. And if the bed cools, it will lift up and then it, it moves as it's moving around and yeah. it just gets, and that's what's happening. I'm, I'm and so it sticks sure. at some places, but not at others. And then it warps or yeah. pulls or, okay. So oh I, I went into the control panel, of course, there's no mm -hmm. good instructions. You just have to look at it and, oh, right. there's temperature. I set the temperature. Great. Bump I that up it, a little higher. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I let it heat up. I'm like, great. It's at the right temperature. Print. And I'm watching it. The minute I hit print, the temperature starts dropping back down to 200. And it, it's defaulted to 200 and it won't accept me changing that. Yeah, so it's got an envelope that it thinks is correct, safe, whatever for that material. But that's okay. the thing. They, they tell you these that raising the bed temperature and nozzle temperature is a solution for some of these problems. But, the, but it won't retain it. It's, yes, it's defaulting huh. back to the initial factory reset and okay. so you're supposed to be able to, in your uh, slicer software set the temperature of what you want this to run at and okay. a profile and then it'll embed itself into the code uh, for the printer so i tried that and re you know sliced it and spit it out and took it down there it still did the same thing How i do don't you... mind looking for a solution but when i'm looking at right exactly what it should be and i'm doing what should and fix it I'm like, yeah. screw that. This is bad interface. Now, there is a firmware update for the 
control panel and the hardware. So I won't need to do that, but they released two different main boards for this system. And oh, there's no easy way to find it other than flipping it over, popping the bottom off and reading what it says. The on The serial manuals. number or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, and the I'm like, note. seriously, that's, I, I mean, okay. I, again, I repeat, it was $150 for new tech. It's a kit that DIY makers use and love. It's not a top of the line machine. I get that. But well, come yeah. on. Yeah. Not even you would think. How are they going to get you to love this? To make it so that getting the first print done is easy. It does run out of the box after assembly. Yeah. And not no. quite. Oh, so boy. Okay. that's going to be a project. But the thing is, it's been so cold outside. Our living room's a little colder than the rest of the house just because of where it sits with the wind and stuff. So nice. I don't know if, especially at night, because we turn the temperature down because our room gets too hot. So I think it might just be getting too cold, but the bed should stay the temperature I tell it to. <laughs> okay. So and, we'll see. Wow. It this is not a thing, and I and I it just sprung to mind. I, I'm aware, of course, that it's molten plastic. That's how it builds these things. And 200 degrees is the first time I heard really how molten it is. I I worked a summer job at a record distribution warehouse, and we used to you know put a whole bunch of stuff in boxes, and then you have a glue gun, and you blip blip blip, and you seal right. it up. And if you didn't put the right amount of glue on, occasionally that would seep out past the edge of the cardboard. That kind of hot glue on your finger, man. If you want to know what it's like to be in hell, <laughs> so I'm thinking, man, you're not going to reach into the printer and touch your thing while it's printing because yeah. that's yeah. 200 degree plastic. That is an automatic burn. That's terrible. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That maybe that's also why they have cases around it is not only to keep dust out and and stuff like that but so you won't be tempted to be like how you doing there buddy (laughs) i don't know (laughs) yeah so i'm gonna you know what it is i just need a couple hours of dedicated time and i just really haven't had the gumption to sit down to do it (laughs) you know it's just a little frustrating but here's my other update what we did get instead (laughs) also this is thanks to my cousin (laughs) <laughs> the oculus very oculus. good yeah very good okay um, so my cousin has one and his wife has one they have two gina uh, i put some videos online of gina she's all we're gonna make a tiktok channel for gina's 3d adventures because i swear to god we're about to be rich with that because she got she really on there. immerses herself oh my That's god very she's cool. yelling at things she's flash you know and she's swearing like constantly she's on the, the roller coaster and she's oh, oh, and, and we were laughing so hard at her That's and yesterday hilarious. she was walking with dinosaurs and she's yelling you know and, and she's bowling and she's like oh it's tripping on me and she's moving and she's just That's so very cool funny. that she gets into it yeah. you know what i mean that's some part of my like Am I too ironic to enjoy a 3D immersive right. experience? Because I'll be like, well, that's not real. It. I really want to find something that is give yourself over to it because yeah. they sure did it that way. They tuned this experience to be immersive. So I haven't got to play it too much because everybody else I haven't been on it much. Everybody gets their own headset then. I mean, uh, that's going to be an expensive family habit. But <laughs> house, a $400 headset. <laughs> I know that's why There is a whole lot on there. It really is fascinating to get on i tried out what they call big screen and it puts like you're in a movie theater with a hundred foot screen in front of you and it looked like it and you could do it with other people so i looked there were other people in the theater and they were talking and stuff and it's like it's like going to the movies that experience i talked about the big sound of the big screen and i could do that in the privacy of my own home from 
and you Filling can stream my senses. Netflix and Hulu and Spotify. The okay. games, a lot of, they have, YouTube has a VR 3D section. Okay. And, and you can look around, you can't control the movement. So people have to realize that. But they do have games. So in it, but not, yeah. And they yeah. do have games and stuff you could buy, like Roller Coaster. It's a little, not cartoony, but it's computer, not real. But you can control walking around and doing movements and stuff to a certain degree. You sent me a link to a, a, a mini golf game. And actually, yes. there is a Mensa thing called Vroom, VR, et cetera, RRM, if I remember right. And Steve and Emily from here in uh, Cleveland area Mensa have really been wonderfully inviting me again and again to do this thing. And because as I mentioned many times, I had my little cardboard one and it was not sufficient to be able to go in the cool art gallery tour or play the mini golf or whatever. You're, you're going to be the next step of, well, no, Steve's got one. I really want to experience what he and Gina are experiencing. And they will be, they've been so patient with me. I really have never, I've never led them on. I really do intend to do it, but it just through Christmas, I'm like, make sure that the family gifts are done. Make sure the colony is taken care of that. We got plans for the next year. We're putting up a fence. We really have been running the budget and it really does look like we do have extra money. And like, honestly, a 3d headset is 300 bucks. Very non-essential, if you will. That's what I was going to say. It's a toy. It really is a toy, but it's the future. And I want to be into the future instead of, oh, no, I just don't know anything about that at all. But like earlier, when you mentioned TikTok, it's like, whenever I've been on there, I just, I can't get into five second, six second videos. Yeah. And there's any number of things where I just, I maybe brevity, when I see brevity, not the soul of wit, but brevity, like there's just not enough going on there to interest me, but then they're going to repeat it. So then it gets, it, it bothers me that it's really, you think that seeing it again is what's going to make me happier with this experience so i'm not designed for some of the things that are out there that are all the rage currently but vr i think i will be i really do want to have that experience of how cool is this that they really understand human perception and created these different experiences i can go vr bowling i can go vr mini golfing and that's trivial compared to vr dinosaur tour yeah how cool is that ancient she went to machu picchu yesterday yes go like walk up chichen itza pizza up up, up, a pyramid or something like that so it's got some and google earth has a an app called wonder and you just choose anywhere and it'll take you and show you the google earth pictures in 3d around you bali I yes. can be in next to the crater. I can yeah. be. But you can that. walk. It's not just you stand yeah. there. You move right. and walk. Yeah. Uh, and it's 3D. She went to the Sphinx and was looking at it. She's like, oh, and literally she's looking and she looks up. So that's really cool. You know, if you can't I'm, get there. I'm honestly, I probably by the next time we talk, this might be my, well, my start of the year gift to myself. And maybe they're backlogged and I'm maybe, oh, I ordered it. Well, let me tell you about that. Okay. <laughs> so I'll send you a referral link. Because okay. you'll get like thirty or sixty dollars in the store if you sign oh. up using the referral link. So you get, okay. I get like thirty. I think you get thirty or sixty. So okay. everybody benefits. Uh, and then we could get on, and you could play golf. You can uh, watch movies together. All okay. that jazz. So yeah. Um, so you got the Oculus Rift too? Is it have a quest got it okay yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the state of the art my my consumer reports instinct is to find out what's the bleeding edge and then back off from that by one version because i'll get 80 percent of the value for 50 percent of the oh, price you know what i mean nope. no no nope. i've really have to get this is why i finally did it because i was looking okay the quest 2 the reason i got it is because you can play all the quest 2 games 
you can get a link cable to hook it to your computer and you can play all the Rift games. Whereas if you get a Rift, you can only play the Rift games. Okay. And, with and I do link, want my universe to be bigger. Okay. Yes. That makes and sense. with the link, you can play Steam VR games on the Quest 2. Okay. And the old Quest 1 apps, for the most part, you can play. They're the same stuff, just better hardware. I was looking on eBay at the Quest 1. I figured, okay, let's just give this a try. I can get it. The Quest 1 goggles with controllers are going for $250, 200 to $250 on eBay. And you can okay. buy a brand new Quest 2 for $300. So, you know, so that that kind of is its own answer. Get the state yeah. of the art because that, OK, it isn't there really isn't a premium price, if you will. Exactly. So that's why I finally broke down. Now, get this. OK, we went Saturday night to my cousin's my cousin's wife's birthday and we were playing. Everybody was playing it there a little bit, watching Gina and laughing. So we got home and it was like midnight. And she's, oh, while we were sitting there, she's, oh my God, you've got to order one. So I got on my phone, but I kept getting this weird error while it was trying to validate me. Okay, yeah. I'll do it when I get home. So I got home, logged in the GameStop and it was 12.03. So it was Sunday morning at okay. that time. And they do offer with, through PayPal, four payments without interest. Okay. So they do that. If you need right. to do that, it could help. But I'm like, okay, great. So the next day, 12 hours later at noon, I get a notification that it's packaged and delivered or packaged ready for delivery. And then a half hour after that, it's on its way. So literally 12 hours after ordering it on a Sunday, when I ordered it at midnight, I got it. It was heading out the door. That's really cool. But it was wow. delivered by DoorDash. <laughs> wow. They're not even using conventional no. you know, FedEx, Amazon, UPS. It's, wow. Okay. That, that cracked me up. Again, it's a toy. Oh, what I also recommend, the battery lasts about an hour and a half, which isn't huge. You can play while plugged in, but you have to be sitting down. You can play sitting down. You can play standing up. It maps your area. So you go okay. to a different room, you could remap it, which okay. is good. They do have little battery packs. You can attach the head strap. And everybody says they don't get in the way, they're light, they help counterbalance it, and they extend the life for several hours. But they're also like 60 bucks, 120 if you get the elite head strap with it. But what a lot of people say they do is just get a standard battery charger, plug it in and put it in their pocket with a cable. So Again, it keeps drawing power from that. Okay. I got this that I actually ordered last year for camping and stuff. It's got a flashlight. It's... Um, I don't know how huge it actually is solar power, but it takes two days to charge up. Okay. But yesterday, Adam and Jason were playing on the Oculus with this plugged into it and the Oculus for 10 and a half hours straight. Wow. That's fantastic. So um, I know that there are battery packs that are like that. And, and it's, it, I will probably look exactly for that. You know what I mean? I don't mind. It's not going to be attached to my head. And so the weight is not going to be pulling on me, if you will. I've in the past done that where I had a battery pack in a pocket and was wandering around with my laptop commenting on Macworld or something like yes. that. Yes. Also, okay. So there you I go. I just got a cable from iCharger that it handles every kind of USB, ABC, everything that you might want to be able to go between a charger and a chargee. And like for 25 bucks, I now have universal connectivity. It's only like this long. But it does all that. Translation is not the right word. It makes it so you can do the charging without ever blowing anything up without, nice. you know what I mean? Yeah. So 
I thought that would be a good thing to throw into the, the Al's backpack that goes to all his presentations with him. And no matter what, I will not run out of charger and Wi-Fi and video access. And I have every adapter. And this is another tool that seemed worth getting. Yeah. Very cool. And, okay. And so again, like you said, the 3D printer, it's really a toy. We didn't have a, we're not printing parts for our car, at least yet. Right. We wanted to print a few little bit games and stuff puzzles and like you yeah. said so it yeah. really is a toy but it, it also has some uses this is really nothing but a toy and the, that's the problem everybody wants one and i'm like no I, there's i am okay. not buying three thousand dollars worth of 3d headsets <laughs> oh i have i can have an addictive personality you know what i mean the things that i like doing and i pursue them and so one of my fears with the 3d thing was be like oh this virtual reality is better than real life. I think I'll just sit here in my depends <laughs> for my immersive experience. Dennis Miller, a long time ago, made a comment along the lines of when they really perfect 3D immersive technology, it's going to make crack look like Senka. <laughs> you know what I mean? All the guys that can put on a headset and be like, oh, I can be with uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I'll buy that $400 device. Yes. Like, yes. Right. So, so I, you know, I wonder if there's going to be anything that it's, wow, this is really good life. I think I've also mentioned, I really am enamored of the idea of augmented reality versus virtual. And so I really am, Apple just had a whole bunch of announcements about, it's probably not going to be out until 2023. They really are working on the Apple glasses that give you, while I look at the bookshelf, it can zoom in and say, hey, this is available for a better price somewhere else. I look at a mountain range and say, that's Mount Denali and those kinds of things. Right. So I'm, I, I want to be into this world to get a feel for what it's like to have extended vision and and not necessarily immersive where it blocks everything else out. But what I always think about is I want to be able to just have what you talked about, your uh, friend, uh, family member that has the mirror with the display that right. gives you that day's date, time, temperature, that kind of stuff, to be able to overlay onto reality enough additional information that I'm like, that's handy to know. That gives me an edge. That's right. interesting. That kind of thing. But to be able to walk around downtown Toronto and have it say that is the, the, the Pulaski building and it was built in 83. And you know what I mean? I, I love that idea. I don't want it to be that it's a distraction, but I really would love to have it be that I'm not fumbling in a guidebook. That just seems so analog right. compared to digital. It, it, there's plenty of sci-fi there of all the bad things that can happen and go black mirror type stuff exactly for, yeah. that's so, right um okay before we go uh, here's my book recommendation for the week i've been reading uh okay. it's called a broken thing where her heart should be by jd barker he's the guy okay. i was the author i was working with, with last year's yeah, writing exactly um, okay it's set it starts off in the 80s but it progresses through time but essentially it i would say if firestarter had a sequel this would be it interesting so um, if uh, with a few little name changes and a few little things this could directly be the exact same world and setting as firestarter and honestly, a, a reference to like, Stephen King and not it be like be better or worse, but just like contemporary, that's yeah. pretty good praise to be yeah. like, this is Kingian. And in fact, at the beginning of the, oh no, it was the other, he wrote another book, I, I even commented to him, where he visited the Eventual Things store. Interesting, Needful yeah. Things, exactly. Okay. He put that Very in there. Good. So yes, this exactly. one, it's an interesting book. It's 
uh, different, huge. It's yeah. one of the big ones. So did you ever read, was it Fritz Library that might've come up with this? Isher's weapons shop. It, it was like a number of fantasy science, not science fiction, fantasy sword and sorcery type things. There was a particular store that you went to for your, your weapons and it was Isher's and they all started to use it, if I remember correctly. So it was a shared they all just said, why not? Let's all use this place. And that maybe even our heroes can bump into each other. You know what I mean? Isher's Weaponsmith or something. I should know it perfectly, but I know it's Isher's. Anyway, okay. okay. So I just so, finished reading uh, the latest by Richard Koo, the Sandman Slim book. And at the latest, I read number four now. So I'm working my way through the series and they're still really good. They're creative and vulgar and they play with the whole, not only do they have the myth mythology of angels, devils, Nephilim and stuff like that, but now the elder gods have been introduced that oh, maybe wow. before our universe, there was a previous universe and they want to penetrate back and eat it. <laughs> and so there's all kinds of good stuff there. And having finished with that one, I'm now reading a book called I'm Dying Up Here. It's a history of when stand-up comedy kind of shifted from New York to LA because Johnny Carson shifted. And that was so much the way for comedians of a certain generation to get anywhere near national acclaim is to make it onto Carson and then actually make it and be invited to the couch because that was the benediction from the king, if yeah. you will. And so everybody who saw that example of Freddie Prince got a show, Jimmy Walker got a show, am I going to be the next guy? And it and it's, of course, a tale of triumph and tragedy that some people really were good at what they were doing, the Jay Leno's and David Letterman's, but there were also then... Uh, friendships and fallings out and who were the people that were manipulating the system the agents that were happy to pit people against each other because there's only so many slots and it, it's really an interesting book because i know so many of the people in it from having seen every stand-up ever but i don't know of course all of their backstories and what they did to grow in their career and stuff so nice. reading about comedy is like dancing about architecture it's not <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the best medium and yet it's interesting. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I got it for Colleen for Christmas. And nowadays there's, excuse me, I gave you that gift, but as soon as you're done with it, <laughs> I wouldn't mind reading Over it. Over Simpson too. gifts. So we regularly, exactly, kind of hand things off to each other. <laughs> so uh, that, that video for the walkabout mini golf, did you actually watch it? No, I have not. I'm sorry. I, I, I no. should have. I knew we were doing this. And I just. That's okay. Here, here's why I want you to watch it. Okay. Listen to the background music. You, you mentioned that I should be able to identify it. Okay. You should. Okay. Yeah. I will definitely give it a listen. I'll make a, I'll post or make a comment or we'll talk about it next time or something like there that. There you go. Very um, good. All right. Quick trivia. Okay. Peacemaker uh -oh. yes. has Robert Patrick, who was in X-Files also, which we mentioned. Yes. Um, he is from Cleveland, if you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay. And he has a kind of famous brother. Do you know who that is? Wow, Neil Patrick Harris. I mean, yeah. is it the same name? It's not the same last name. It's so the same last name. Oh, wow! I, I nothing's coming to mind. It is Richard Patrick, who oh. was Trent Reznor's keyboardist in or guitarist in his tour first tour, then formed his own band called Filter. Interesting. I I, I didn't know that relation. And Filter, I like them. So oh, that that say I like them in small doses. You know yeah. that Trent Reznor and, and like kind of black metal prog industrial right it's it's like how long can i stand being yelled at you know what i mean it's aggressive with richard once um with, after the nine inch nails tour he was forming the band filter and put an okay. ad in scene magazine and i was yeah. in college and saw okay. it and called him up 
And I actually went up to Cleveland and tried out for the band Filter. But honestly, I wasn't right for the part, which, okay, it's fine. But it was so funny. A year later, I was driving down the road and Hey Man, Nice Shot came on. And I'm like, (laughs) you heard it in the studio. Oh, man. Okay. there's my claim to fame. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, boy, I'm not good at bumping into things and saying that would make a good trivia question. So I, I need to start arming myself so we can trade <laughs> these. Trying, I, but occasionally I do. And, and I'm trying to think of, so a lot of mine are, nothing comes to mind, but I will be well, better prepared next time. Exactly. I'm sorry. It, it's a great, because the amount of stuff that we absorb and we don't realize, how in the world do I know that? Occasionally, we're still watching Amy Schneider's monumental run on Jeopardy, right? I think she's now the like second, third most consecutive wins. And also in money, if I remember right, only Ken Jennings, current host, and Matt Amodio are ahead of her. I think that she's ahead in number of games of James Holzhauer, but it, less in money because Holzhauer really maxed out each game, as you might remember from his playing style. Having said that, there's occasionally things where Colleen and I will get it and we're like, how do you know that? That's just the most interestingly obscure thing. It's I read it on the back of a cereal box. I happened to watch that one episode of the Flintstones where they make a rough deal. Yes. Sometimes even know where you got it from, but sometimes you do. And then right. it's, how is that still in there? Why in we the should, world is that still in my head? Should talk about that sometimes, <laughs> how things and, and what's a fact and what isn't. Because okay. I had this conversation with Jason the one day and he got a little frustrated with me, but he said, Taco Bell meat is just one step above dog food. I'm like, what do you mean by that? He says, it is. It's graded by who? Oh, I don't know. What's the grading? I don't know. What, you know, and I was yeah, like, a that, fact without context, if yeah, you will. And it's not yeah. even really a whole a fact. fact. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so we had this conversation. I'm like, but you just thrown that out as if it's a real fact. Well, it is, but you can't, it's not a real fact. We had that whole conversation of all of that. So that'd be an interesting thing to look at. So actually, I'll share this as a, a trivia question, and then I'll give you the anecdote. What do you call, there's a wind that blows in the Antarctic that there's two different winds that one blows upslope and one downslope. And they carry different amounts of moisture. So they actually are what sculpt the, the flows that you see, the mountains that you see in Antarctica. It, uh, this is so geeky and it's very sciencey instead of our usual. It actually was used in a Michael Crichton book, State of Fear. When they were in Antarctica, they said that, but I don't remember what it was because I remember it because it was one of those italicized words. Because It, it, it is not, yeah, it is obscure, exactly. Yeah, I so, don't remember it. So quick background. Colleen and I, 10 years ago, we started to riff on what we called Eskimo Love Call. When we were doing songs that were going to be the opener to Mr. Mensa at our Mensa annual gathering, Colleen writes really good parody songs and I often contribute. And so I I just wrote a line like, I told her I loved her, but she'd have none of it. (laughs) And we just started to riff on every Eskimo thing we could think of, mukluks and umiaks and whale and blubber and all that kind of stuff. And I threw out catabatic catabatic is one of the winds catabatic and anabatic are they're like the doctors and the undertakers winds in jamaica where one really brings moisture and, and keeps everything growing and the other one is nasty and hot and, and nobody likes it. you go inside when it's hot if you will so when i said that she like hardly ever do i have a vocabulary word that colleen doesn't know she's just really an amazing vocabulary wow, nice. like, like you and i are and um so when I got, like, wow, that's you know, an uncommon thing that I actually got. And I didn't have, I think I said adabatic 
And she was like, and so I've not heard of that. And I think it's this wind. And then she went and looked it up and said, oh no, it's catabatic. So then that started out. So we love, but it's not, oh, I got it wrong. It's more cool it is. That was somehow in there from maybe a Michael Crichton book, but I think it was from a National Geographic Pro, yeah, special. Who knows where it is that it stays? And then we talked about the pyroclastic wind, which is what comes down off a volcano and like blows right. forests over. And so it's, it's kind of cool that all that stuff, not only is it in there, but it actually is like sorted and classified. I can name you different kinds of winds. Here's the Chinook. Here's the Scirocco. Here's the, the Zephyr. How cool that, is that? that one of those <laughs> things, one of those party games where they have these three things. What are they described? Like that. Exactly. And, so, and many of those are like, well, it's a foreign word. And I think I saw it in print once, but boy, that doesn't, it's not enough to give it to me. But then we have like, what is it comes down onto the United States? The, the Yukon Clipper. And the, we have the, the things that are like, that bring all the snow from Canada, if right. you will. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> the Express or something like that. So there, I, that, that's my. I like that. It, it, it's, I, it, one of the cool things about Scrabble, because she and I play, is that it's not only everything has to be an English word, or it has to be a foreign word that's been accepted into English because there's no equivalent. And so you'll find out that there's all kinds of like foreign instruments, musical instruments, that there's no other word for dobro, so it's dobro. And various different plants. There's actually a plant I remember called a Zax. And I thought, well, that's like a Dr. Seuss word. That's made up. No, there really is a plant, Z-A-X. What a great wow. multi-pointer that yeah. is. And so whenever she and I bump into that, like a three-letter word that we've never seen before. It's like, how can that be? I, I have a hundred thousand word vocabulary and that that's not far from true. Most people have about 30,000, but I really have a, a really weird extensive vocabulary because I play Scrabble or remember whatever else it might be. And remember medical and legal. But anyway, when you bump into a word that it can't be, there's only so many three-letter combinations, 26 to the third or whatever right. the, sorry, 26, yeah, to the third. I should have bumped into all of those and, and, and there's a new one. <laughs> and so we laugh about that whenever there's a new word that's just how interesting that I've made it to 60 plus years and I never bumped into that word. You know what Always I mean? something I, new. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah, every time you read it, oh, we, we, when we are laying in bed reading almost always at the end of the day, that's what we do. It's when we bump into a new word, you feel obligated to, have you heard of this? Have you heard of this word? Because I can't believe there's a new word. Very few writers have extensive enough vocabulary that unless it's a made-up word or a very specific like all different kinds of armor that i've learned from reading all my fantasies sword and sorcery books and the whole world doesn't know what a curace is for instance but i i do <laughs> you know what i mean and but having said that it's just it's a fun thing also from playing dungeons and dragons yeah. you know when you went down the list of what you may be able to buy for two to two thousand gold pieces and it's lots of your it doesn't matter it's cool how many of those are still in my head that that hasn't been in use in the world in a thousand years. That was right. back in old justing times. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I got dinged a couple times from my editor, underlined things and said, use words that people use when they talk. I'm like, I do use that when I talk. <laughs> and that, that I love that we do that. I love that it really isn't that little translator that's saying, dumb everything down for the public. It's cool that we have this and I don't know if, again, if you say something that I don't know, I happen to say, cool, what is that? It's yeah. not like, now I feel defensive because it never bothers me to learn a new word. Man. Exactly. you stupid at all. <laughs> Definitely. All right, man. All right. So I'll, As usual, a little bit over. Sorry. Our, our sessions are going longer. I'm sorry. I get to talk. I, I love, because we have so many things. I still got things on the list we haven't gotten to yet. Same so, here. I, <laughs> we'll do a right. clearinghouse section once in a while. In 10 minutes, get through each of these 10 things. We, we, need to, <laughs> we, need to, we need to plan a trip 
and drive there and just chat the whole way and record it, break it up in the segments. That, that really is true. Wow. We, we knocked out a whole month by driving to tis the season to get advent calendars or something. <laughs> right. I don't know. Well, <laughs> all right. All I, right, I just did see. Dayton announced that it's going to do an RG. And so if it's safe and we want to do a live thing, yes. I'll talk to, I think it's Dustin Schneider, right? You're, you're one of your, oh. uh, Zach, I think he's oh. back in Dayton. He's up from Mississippi for a couple of years now. And I think that he's the one that I saw do the announcement. End of March is a possibility in Dayton. Oh. So that's uh, we'll see. Well, okay. Greg, Pro those who are following our extensive social calendar keep your end of march open we'll be yeah doing well podcast. we will do that we want to go to some things i want to do my talk and stuff again so i'll exactly i'll do that that's a great talk Stephen. it's really cool that you're doing that about hey hey parents here's how to you know well, prep the world prep the kids group does a super saturday thing where they it's for gifted kids and it's different programs and i might be doing my game story talk uh that's with cool them time. and creating games and stuff we'll good say, for you all right. All right. Okay. Have a great day. Get unburied. I'm, I'm going to go build the snow, Joe, and do some snow plowing. All right. All right later, okay. You have been listening to the Relentless Geekery Podcast. Come back next week and join Alan and Stephen's conversation on Geek Topics of the Week.